Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. And welcome back to WRSU, the crew, the Friday show here. I'm Jake Schmid. Alongside Kaor Palan and Ronnie Walenta, Troy DiSavino will be joining us in just a few seconds. But guys, how are you guys doing today? Good. How does it feel to be back in the station, Schmid? I mean, you guys aren't there, so it's kind of, it's a little weird. I mean, I don't see Kaor like putting up soccer highlights or Ronnie looking up hockey around here. So it's a little <laughs> bit weird. I'm still getting used to it. I think all of us are kind of tired of this, you know, virtual world. But, hey, this is a step in the right direction. I'm happy the show is back. You know, I missed it a lot. I don't know about you guys. Uh, it's been a while since I've talked to a bunch of you guys as well. Yeah, and Ronnie, how are you, been? What's up? Yeah, man, it's good to be back. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely a new normal, as Kaor said. But um, it's, it's good to be back and, uh, you know, dissecting these sports now, you know? Yeah, yes, we have a couple, a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, I mean, Ronnie, you know, the hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are heating up. They're in the... Both of the conferences are in their conference finals. NBA is in the home stretch, almost in the conference finals. We got NBA games tonight, Denver and L.A., L.A. up 3-1, and Boston and Toronto tied at 3. Uh, K.O., I know you're a, you're a big NBA guy. Uh, what is your take on uh, Toronto coming back in that final sequence? Yeah, so we talked about... Um you know, basketball a little bit before this game had gone down. And, um, you know, I, I was actually focusing more on the Lakers win last night because the Rockets looked horrific. But that Toronto run at the end um, before, uh, you know, the Celtics looked to run away with it, it, it looked like they finally got something rolling. Um, it looked like, to me, the Raptors of how they how they played as a team together or how the Heat have been playing throughout the entire playoffs or the entire bubble season. Um, I know we, we kind of hyped up the Heat a lot on Wednesday's crew, but um, what do you guys saw on that side of the, the conversation as well? The teams that the team that nobody thought would make it this far, uh, the Miami Heat. I mean, Jimmy Butler is just another like another beast. Like, I think that he's he's deserving of being so close to the title. I mean, it's a Heat team that's just about five or six years removed from the big three with LeBron, Chris Bosh, and Wade. But they still have Spolstra as their coach. I mean, the the, the thing that Spolstra has done with uh, Bam Adebayo and um, and getting Butler. I mean, he's really almost turned them back into that a somewhat uh, relevance uh, again. Yeah, and it, from yeah, what it, it looks like is they look like the hottest team. Sorry, I cut you off, Ronnie. Go ahead. No, no, you're good, Kaylor. I'm not. I'm not a big NBA guy, but I mean, I just like as as just a fan of sports in general. The Jimmy Butler story is just so cool, and it's just awesome to get to see him. You know, really con- contributing in the playoffs, getting, uh, you know, to the next round, and and just you know, just carrying that team really. And I mean, you got to hype up the Heat because. It's just a cool story. Yeah, it is. And I think that's one of the things that, I mean, K.R., you said it best. Nobody knew that this was going to, they were going to be this caliber team. I mean, I mean, obviously, Jimmy Butler, he was telling ESPN that he knew that it was, they had this uh, quality, but they have a really stacked bench. Like yeah, one of I the best benches. I think that's the best part of it, right? Like we don't see, um, you know, it, 
a duo or a trio carrying the team. It's the entire team playing together and seeing Jimmy Butler be the basically the ringleader of the team. You know, he's deserved it. He's been through you know so many teams. He's gone through uh, Minnesota, then went to the Sixers, then went to the Heat, um, and he's finally you know getting his chance. And um, we saw him struggle a lot throughout his career, so uh, it, it's rewarding to see somebody like him finally you know make a run at it. But on the other side, like you mentioned, um, you know, we I'll circle back to the conversation you asked me about the Raptors. Um, they they were played as amazing as a team last night, um, and it was just uh, sorry, not last night on Wednesday, but it was just amazing to see you know Kyle Lowry actually do what he's you know what everybody's wanting him to see do, and then Van Vliet also coming in there to support him. Um, Siakam had what you would call I would uh, I would say one of his probably. You know, not one of his best games, but he obviously did his part as well. But they definitely gave the Celtics a run for their money. Um, how do you think that's going to turn out, guys? I think with the Raptors, um, well, they got a great guard duo in Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. I mean, Fred Van Vliet from Wichita State, he's been a beast since he's got here. I mean, he's one of the most, I think, undervalued players at his spot, at the one in the two spot. And, you know, all he says, he said, all you can ask for is a chance. That's what he said last night. Uh, after the game, you know, they're going toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the Celtics. The winner of this gets the heat, and it would have been the Bucks, but, you know, the Jimmy Butler had other plans in mind, but I think that, um, I mean, Norman Powell was insane. He had 15 of his 23 points in the, uh, in the second overtime. Uh, he really came to light, and I think he's going to help this team going forward. Yeah, uh, we are, my friends and I that are basketball fans, we have an inside joke, and we call Fred Van Vliet Fred Sr. So he had a son after, I would say, midway through the season of um, of the championship run. As soon as he had his kid, he just went off. He was like the star, the Raptors, next to you know Kawhi and Pascal during that season. So we refer to him as pa- uh, Fred Sr. I didn't even know that he had a, that it, that it even happened. Was it during the bubble? I think no, no, no. This was uh, last year, oh, last year, after okay. or right before their championship um, run had started. I think it was right after they had won. Uh, I might be wrong. Let me let me fact check that real quick. Yeah, but that's interesting. I mean, it's almost like a little bit added motivation, I guess, for Fred Van Vliet and but Kyle Lowry. I mean, thirty-three points. He's been playing very well. Pascal Siakam has saw a lot more time. Quincy Anunoby has been great, though. He's 50 minutes, double-digit points. He can get buckets, and he can he can turn it on. He can turn it off, but he's uh he's pretty good on the wing. I think. Yeah, and I think so, I, I think like after yeah, you go, Kr. My bad. Sorry, sorry. Uh, it's hard to kind of you know talk over this. I wish I could see you guys in person so we can know who's going to go talk. <laughs> but uh, but like you mentioned, um, it's weird to see the team you know kind of I guess work so well together after Kawhi had departed, you know, that was like their main piece. Um, you would think that they would kind of, I wouldn't say fall apart, but definitely struggle. But from the looks of it, they've, um, you know, come this far in the playoffs and, and they're kind of giving the Celtics, who are now favored in the East after, um, you know, the Bucks have gone down. But it's, to me, the East is all up for all up for grabs. Yeah, I think it is. And I think, though, whoever comes out of the East is going to have a, a tough matchup to come out to, whether it's the Nuggets or the Clippers, Nuggets slash Clippers or the Lakers, because the Lakers, they're up 3-1 on the Rockets. They most likely will win tomorrow night when they play. They're favored by six and a half. I, I would, that's an interesting, maybe for later, I'll, uh, 
I'll look more at that for uh, the lines we do later. But we'll uh, we'll see. So, like we'll see. Ronnie, what do you think of um, switch over a little bit about hockey? Uh, Ronnie, Dallas yesterday was going back and forth with Vegas, and they won in overtime, three to two. Kudobin, Anton Kudobin had forty saves. What did you did you see that game? Yeah, so I got to catch a little bit of it, man. I mean, honestly, like it's just so impressive the hockey that's being played at this point in time, and I mean. Looking at the four teams that remain, right, the Stars, the Knights, uh, the Lightning, and the Islanders, I just think that all four have just such a good system going. They have so much depth that even if you lose a guy like uh, like the Lightning have lost Stamkos, they have so much depth in terms of scoring, and also their defense have, has played up as well. I mean, the depth on all four teams has, I think, been the key factor to getting them there. And I think that both of these series... I know the Lightning are up by two now, but I think they're going to come down to the wire. I, I don't see the Islanders dying down easily. I know the Lightning have looked really good, but just the system hockey that I've seen, man, I, I it's just impressed me all around in these playoffs. I, I might have to disagree with you about the Islanders because I think uh, because Tampa Bay is so stacked because, I mean, Blake Coleman's been playing very well on the penalty kill. He's like on the first or second line, former devil. It's uh, RIP. He was great with the Devils. Um, it's, I think the Islanders, I don't know, I feel like they might go down. I mean, they're going to go down swinging. That's that's what I think. I, I think it's safe to say it's Tampa's series, and I could see Tampa going all the way to winning the Cup even. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you about, about Tampa's team. I mean, they really are stacked. I mean, it, just in every fashion, man, and they, like, at the trade deadline this year in the offseason, I mean, again, their depth is, is maybe second to none. Uh, to anyone so yeah I mean I I would you know I would be careful just because I know how good the Islanders are in in that systematic um you know hockey kind of kind of game but I you know I obviously at this point being down to nothing it's not ideal obviously the Lightning have the you know have you know they're they're gonna be favored at this point but I agree I mean I think I think right now you have to look at Tampa as, as you know, probably the favorite to win the entire series. But, again, as you said, they're not going to go down, you know, without a fight. And I, I, I do agree, though, that in terms of quality of players, I would say that Tampa absolutely has the advantage there. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I really think that it's going to be close. And it's great because you got Vegas and Dallas. I mean, I thought Colorado on the other side was going to come out of the West. I thought it was going to be Colorado and Tampa in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I'll tell you, I couldn't agree more. I, um, in, you know, when the playoff bracket came out, I picked Colorado overall to win the entire thing. I just thought that their scoring depth is so good. I think the downfall of Colorado may have been on the other side, kind of the defense, yep. uh, the goalie play. They haven't been, they weren't bad, but I just think that, I mean, I was surprised with the stars. The stars surprised me. I think, I really do think that it's also the depth. And I think that they're so built around defense um, that it really bode well for them. I think that, uh, Q Dobin, as you said, has played extremely well, and that defense in front of him has been great. And even though you don't have Ben Bishop, who's your goalie, I mean, Q Dobin has stepped in. He's been great. Um, I thought Vegas was going to go far. I, I think that they're just built really well. Um, 
but it did surprise me that Colorado didn't come out of that. Um, but then again, I mean, defense usually does win championships, and that's what the Stars are built on. And they, they've scored. I mean, they've scored bottom to top, you know, fourth line to first line, you know, Kivy Ronto with, with that hat trick. And, I mean, it, it's just been impressive from them. They've really gone on a run here, and uh, I, I think they have a legitimate chance to win the entire thing. I think so, too. I, I think it's one of those – Dallas is one of those exciting teams that's, as you said, they're, they're stacked a lot, and I think that with Vegas, the back-and-forth nature, just because how it goes, I think Dallas handles that beautifully because they had that against Colorado. They went toe-to-toe in Game 7. They went to overtime, and they ultimately won it. I think because of that, Dallas has that edge. So I think they could maybe like overpower Vegas. But Pete DeBoer is a great coach. So we've seen it with the Devils. He took the Devils to the Cup in their first year. San Jose in their first year. Now Vegas on their way in his first year if they get three more wins or so. I remember I saw a stat that he's like one of the only coaches in history that has done that in his first year, which is crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to all the coaches during this uh, during these playoffs. I mean, we've seen... I think the best coached teams make it make it the farthest. I mean, you know, you talk about Columbus making it past the Leafs. Um, you know, they did lose to to the Lightning, but the Lightning with John Cooper, I mean, they again, we talked about it. They have a legitimate chance to win the entire cup. I think that um, you know, Columbus was another one of those teams that just ran into a really good team in Tampa. But I mean, I again, the coaching and the systems, I think the teams that maybe, you know, obviously Tampa and, you know, I'd say the Stars have a lot of star power as well. But, you know, if we're talking about the Islanders, I mean, it's Barzal and then you got a lot of guys that just are really good all-around solid hockey players. You're not – you don't have those real stars like the Austin Matthews, you know. Um, and then, you know, on the Vegas Golden Knights side, you know, you got a guy like William Carlson and Mark Stone. Ryan Reeves. But again, they're – yeah, Reeves. I mean, they're just all systematic guys. I mean, and, you know, you talk about that fourth line for Vegas. I mean, how much how much aggression, how much uh, just physical play, they wear you down. And, I mean, it's just impressive all around, just just the depth on these teams and just, that, just the physical nature with which a lot of them play hockey. You talk about coaches a little bit, and I want to bring K.O.R. for this one because the Brooklyn Nets just got to switch gears to basketball. They just hired Steve Nash. Uh, the multi-million dollar deal. He had his introductory introductory press conference. Supposed to have he has a great relationship with Kyrie and Durant, having worked with Durant as a consultant for the Warriors. And Kr, I, I've never got to ask you about this, but we finally have some good news for the local teams that the Nets got uh, coach after they fired uh, Kenny Atkinson was relieved of his duties before the they went to Orlando in their bubble. Then they lost early in the first round. But uh, Kr, what is your take on Steve Nash as the new head coach in Brooklyn? So I know the Nets have been, you know, uh, I would say a toss-up team for a little while now. That's and then true. they got Kyrie and Kevin Durant and everybody was kind of excited to see what they can do. And they still struggled. Um, and I think this is probably, I wouldn't say the smartest, but one of the most exciting moves that the Nets have made. Um, you know, they're bringing in a person who's, uh, who kind of reminds me of when Jason Kidd used to play on the Nets and yep. be that I was just going to say that. You know, he 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 was basically the he he was a coach captain as a player. Um, he would you know be there to be the the not only the team leader but a, as a whole be 
there for things outside of basketball too. And I think this is exactly the person that Steve Nash is going to be as well. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see the the strategies he uses um, because he, even when he played, um, he, he played with a lot of people and with teams that he served as basically an on-court captain. Um, you know, and, and you saw... I think you're going to see a little bit of that translate into either Kyrie or KD, hopefully. Uh, we know both the players have a ton of potential, so it's going to be interesting to see what strategies he's going to use. But obviously, you know, everybody else in the basketball community also saw this as kind of like a blind side. Came out of nowhere. There are definitely other people, um, as Stephen A. Smith had also mentioned, that are, you know, of a higher caliber who have had resumes that showcase that they're better, you know, basketball coaches. But it's going to be interesting nonetheless. And I like how we're, you know, bouncing it back and forth between basketball and hockey. This is cool. I think with Steve Nash, I think I agree with you with the Jason Kidd sentiment. I really think that he's part of that. Like, he's really almost kind of brought in this, like, he's brought in a lot of experience like Jason Kidd did. I mean, Jason Kidd played with Dirk Nowitzki. He played with uh, Vince Carter. He played with a lot of Nets players like that. But Durant said that, I have this quote from uh, when he was interviewed about Steve Nash. He said, every time I'm in the gym with him, I'm always like a sponge. He soaks up all the knowledge from Steve Nash, having played with Kobe Bryant, having played with Pau Gasol, Dwight Howard. Like, he's been playing around superstars, playing and against, like, LeBron and and players like that. And he played, like, in since, like, the late 90s. So it's... um, I think it's a very good fit for the Brooklyn Nets on so many levels. And the fact that Steve Nash has shot from the three from behind the arc and he's a good passer and stuff, he can almost help Kyrie elevate his game too. Yeah, I think this is definitely something, you know, Nets fans, uh, us being locals as well, have been waiting this waiting on this for a while. You know, uh, the Knicks have been struggling. The Nets are a stacked team now, in my opinion, uh, and it's going to be fun to watch local basketball for once. Here's the uh, thing hopefully. now. Where does uh, Giannis go next season? Because I saw the Clippers are trying to make a run at him in 2021 and the, uh, the Suns and uh, Warriors... Yep, you had the Suns, Warriors, Mavs, and Clippers, I think, were the four initial ones who showed interest. But in my opinion, I don't think Giannis leaves uh, Milwaukee. Um, I think what they need to do is kind of figure out who's who wants to play there. Because from what it looked like, there was a lot of people during this season, or, or during this postseason at least, that looked like they didn't want to be there. They were kind of just forced to be a part of the team. And even when it came down to the... the I would say the last couple minutes of the game or the last couple minutes of a blowout, they didn't really, you know, go out there and and try. But at the same time, Giannis might not want that anymore. He might want to go to a different place where he has supporting pieces and, and where he can kind of work along with somebody who's already, you know, in a duo or a trio. We always see these mega teams being built now in the basketball. So who knows where free agency goes. Well, I definitely know for free agency that this free agency, Joe Harris, an unrestricted free agent with the Nets, he's saying, uh, Sean Marks, the Nets GM, was saying their their high priority is keeping him there. He's a lights-out sniper from the three. He's played in the three-point contest before. Um, he's a very good player to have to have with Kyrie and Levert when they're all healthy on the floor. That can Durant and DeAndre Jordan. That's a lethal group of five for Brooklyn with Steve Nash at the helm. Yeah, I think they're going to spread the ball around a lot. And there's def- it's going to be interesting, in my opinion, what I'm more keen on learning about is who's going to be the team leader. True. Because um, you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, both known to you know 
be that fill in that type of role. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see who kind of steps up or, or who steps down to let the other one uh, take the helm. Yeah, it's interesting because the NBA, it's almost like you see a lot more younger coaches now, like with Brad Stevens we saw and with Golden State going from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr. Like, There's a lot of like player coaches, like past players, like the Steve Kerrs and the Steve Nashes that have really elevated them. And I can almost see the Nets doing a little bit of what Steve Kerr did with Golden State, but with different pieces. They just need a couple more bench pieces. They could uh, make a run for the definitely the Eastern Conference Finals come next season. Yeah, and I think that's something, you know, people are going to wait for. But at the other side, too, you see the Western Conference, and, and I know we didn't talk a little bit about the um, Western side of the playoffs that's currently going on either. And it's it just seems like the West is so much more stacked than the East that even having just Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving and then those perimeter shooters like you mentioned, like Joe Harris, hopefully keeping him will give them, you know, a, a better chance at kind of making a, a shot at, you know, not only going to the playoffs, but hopefully making it deep into the conference championships, uh, conference finals, and then maybe to the NBA finals as well. But uh, I just wanted to quickly ask your thoughts on the Western side of the, the NBA playoff that's going on too. Do you have... Any favorites that are um, now it's going to be Los Angeles uh, Lakers versus um, I think the Clippers and Nuggets are still in the last couple of games. So who do you think is going to come out on that side? And then I guess who's going to be your pick for uh, the finals? Oh, this is good. I've been following this a lot because it's so easy to follow with the bubble. Um, the Nuggets and Clippers, they played yes, uh, they're playing today. Um, 3-1, the Clippers are leading that series, and they beat Denver 96-85 two days ago on the ninth. And um, Kawhi Leonard, 30 points, 11 boards. I love what Kawhi's been doing with the Clippers. Obviously, a lot of people were like, you know, he left Toronto after winning a championship with Kyle Lowry and and then he he left Toronto and now he's in the Clippers and he's with teaming up with Paul George and they've been apparently allegedly planning that for a while um but um the Clippers are definitely hot but I think if it comes down to Clippers Lakers in the conference finals I think just because of everything with LeBron and the way that LeBron and AD are such a good duo I think LeBron's actually found one of his best, like, second and third men that he's ever played with. I mean, top, probably close to with Bosh and Dwayne Wade, like that kind of closeness, I feel like, is uh, LeBron and AD and this Lakers team. Because now he has a great supporting cast with the Lakers and a team that's so hungry to win. They want to win for Kobe. They want to win for the Bryants. But they also, they haven't won in a while, like a finals uh, series or even a game in the finals. And this is their first time in the postseason back in a couple or so years. I think the Lakers are the team to beat, but the the Heat could surprise people. I think the Heat are a they're a very underestimated team. I think that whoever comes out of the East is definitely going to make the Lakers have a run for their money. But I could see that the title game, if it's Lakers Heat, going to like six or seven. But I I don't want to see the Lakers win a title. But now that the Jimmy Butler's four wins away from going to the conference to the championship, I want to see the Heat go far too. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with that part of um, at least, you know, the Heat having a good shot and, and they look like the hottest team, um, probably stealing the words right out of um, either Troy or, or Chris's mouths. But we, we've talked about how hot the Heat are right now, no pun intended. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. But um, my picks, I don't know if you got a chance to listen in, but my picks are um, so. My apologies. The Lakers and Rockets series is actually still going on. Lakers won last night. 
to extend their lead to be 3-1. So there's still one more game to go that's going to be played tomorrow. But in my opinion, the Lakers will win that one, and Clippers hopefully win today to make it a Los Angeles Conference Final, where it'll be the Clippers and Lakers. And then hopefully, I agree with you, the Lakers are kind of a stacked squad. But at the same time, you look at the Clippers, they have a deeper bench than the Lakers do. And in my opinion, the Lakers, whenever AD and LeBron aren't on the court, yes, they do struggle, but when they're on the court, they... They, they have such an effect on the team where it, they become almost, I don't want to say unstoppable, but they become a dominant force, and, and that's how they're winning games is because of how good AD and LeBron are known to do in the playoffs. I agree um, with that. And, and then I'm going to take on the Eastern side, I'm going to have the Celtics um, pulling off another close one against the Raptors, and then I'm going to go with the classic old rivalry of the Lakers and Celtics in the finals. Um it's been a while since we've seen that. You know, we had the good old times when it was the big three at the Clippers, and then you had um, Kobe and then his cast as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, if hopefully that rivalry, if it does come into play with these new players, it's going to be that's going to be the new era, in my opinion, of, of that rivalry. So, um, and Ron, did you have any thoughts on who's going to maybe take the finals? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be such an interesting dynamic if LeBron and the Lakers were in the finals against the Heat, the team that he uh, he won that cha- those championships with. So, I mean, I just think that would be interesting. I, I think that would be maybe the most, um, I don't know, like just kind of fun series to watch, just him against the Heat. Um, so I'm going to root for that. I, I, you know, again, as only like a casual basketball fan, you know, I, I know that stars kind of make the team, right? Like you got to have one, two, maybe even three stars to really get to uh, the finals. And I just think that LeBron is is going to be too good. Um, I think the Clippers are a good team. I, I like Kawhi, Paul George, but yeah, I'm not I, I'm not seeing them beat uh, the Lakers. And you know, I, I think it'd be cool for Denver to get there. Um, like Jokic and uh, you know that that whole squad. I, I've always been a been a fan of theirs, but I just think it's going to be the Lakers. And I think if the Heat can continue to be hot, I think they they have a legitimate chance uh, to beat the Celtics and get there. But I don't I don't see them beating beating LeBron. So I mean, I guess it's the conventional Lakers pick to to win it all. But we'll see. You know what's interesting that I would love to see is if it was if it was LeBron versus the Heat. I think that would be really interesting. That's such an underrated storyline, I feel like, of LeBron going against the Heat. The Heat moved on without him. They got younger. They got Jimmy Butler. The Lakers, you know, they're they're not they're a little somewhat similar to that Heat team, but they don't have a they do have LeBron and A D. They have that forward and LeBron relationship, but I mean that would be a great series to watch. I think that would probably go the distance even to seven. Yeah, I didn't even think about that part. And he'd be playing against his old coach as well. That's right, still Spolstra. there, you know, using the same tactics that he did with when he had Wade, LeBron, and Bosch. So it's going to be definitely a fun playoffs. You know, who would have thought, like, in the bubbles with no fans? I don't know. To me, NBA playoffs are always exciting. So it's it's fun to have that plus other sports. Welcome back. 
here to the College App Student Center. I'm Jake Schmid, the loner here on Rutgers at Rutgers here on WRCU FM. The Brunswick, we're getting set for locks of the week. NFL just came back yesterday, and we're going to start it off today with Kaor. And Kaor, you had a lock you were thinking of. Uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, so actually, so I'll start off with my lock that I had uh, uh, on our last crew, which was Clemson. I took the minus 33 and a half against, against Wake Forest. Against Wake Forest. Oh, it was Wake Clemson Forest. Wake Forest. Uh, but the lock for this week is going to be, I'm going to be taking um, the Bucks over the Saints. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, looking forward to this matchup as it's Brady and Breeze. Um, but I think, you know, the, and both teams are stacked. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's going to be up for toss, in my opinion. But Tom Brady, from all the experience that he's had playing against tough teams, going in, you know, deep playoff runs, struggled last year, and he's mul- on numerous occasions said that this is the best he's ever felt. And with his stack squad, where he has Mike Evans, who's doubtful, but hopefully will play on Sunday because we want to see that against the Saints. Um, Chris Godwin added Leonard Fournette. Is Ronald Jones, his best bud, Rob Gronkowski, and a defense that can finally support him for every single game. I think it's going to be a very interesting game, but I my lock is going to be the Buccaneers over the Saints. Ronnie, what do you have for us? All right, so I'm also going to go NFL, and I'm going to go all the way to uh, one of the, the, the last game of the week, uh, the Tennessee Titans and Denver Broncos. At the Denver Broncos at the start of the year, I know, you know, the Tennessee Titans were great last year. You got to give them that. Obviously, Derrick Henry is just an absolute machine. Um, But I like Denver this year. I think Drew Locke is for real. Um, I think they have a solid running game, getting Melvin Gordon, you know, packaging him with Philip Lindsay. I think their defense is going to be better. Um, I think the Titans obviously also have a good defense. But I'm going to take Denver at home this early in the year. Uh, they're very good at home, usually early in the year. So I'm I'm thinking just because they are at home and also because I think both teams are relatively even, even though you could argue that Derrick Henry can be a game changer. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos at plus two and a half. That's good. That's a That's a very good... Take. I was actually going to choose that one, but I'm going to go uh, Arizona plus six and a half on the 49ers. Also NFL. I think that this is a great opportunity for Arizona to showcase that you know Kyler Murray's second year. They got DeAndre Hopkins. They got a a lot of good players on that team. They did lose. Um, they did lose a big uh, piece in David Johnson, but they got DeAndre Hopkins, and I think that's one of the big things for them. Kyler Murray's got a receiver he's going to connect with. DeAndre Hopkins still in the prime of his career. He can run up and down uh, defensive back assignments, so I think it's going to be that one uh, there. But um, why don't we – we're done the subject of NFL. Um, let's talk about the game a little bit. Yesterday, last night, it wasn't really – it was a 14-point win for – Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl defending Chiefs. They beat the Texans at home with fans uh, sporadic, scattered across the stadium. And Mahomes had a good game in that one. He was due through for 211 yards, three passing touchdowns. He got sacked once, but 
I think the big story was Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the running back who had two touch one touchdown and he ran for 138 yards and he's somebody that they can trust now. The for their first round or the last pick in the first round, you know, he's making an early early case for uh, maybe rookie of the year. What do you guys think of that? Uh, I mean, I, I think I, I think you you nailed it. I mean, he looked great, and you know. I was a little skeptical of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Obviously, that offense is loaded why, why just is that? top to bottom. Well, only because of how many weapons they do have. I think, That's obviously, fair. their usage of the running game was my was my biggest concern. I think, he's, I think he's a great runner, and obviously we saw that yesterday. I just didn't know how much he would get the ball. But you could see, I mean, early season matchup, they they were feeding him. And, um, and Patrick Mahomes still found a way to pretty much spread the ball around. Tyreek Hill got a touchdown. Travis Kelsey got a touchdown. You know, they, I mean, they're just such a dynamic offense that like, maybe I just underestimated how much they're able to spread the ball around. I mean, they used the running game. Obviously I already said Patrick Mahomes, um, but, and the defense looked great. I mean, the, uh, the rookie, um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, they, they went at him all night, the rookie corner. And he showed up. I mean, it wasn't particularly close until the end. Obviously, we got into garbage time. And, you know, you, you saw uh, Houston be able to, you know, figure out how to score some points. Well, Lejarius Sneed, think is that, that who offense. you're thinking of? Yes. Lejarius, yeah, oh, my God. Great. He was great. He was great. He Everybody great. was saying he looked great. He, he really shut down a lot of Watson's guys. He looked fantastic. I mean, you can't give him enough credit, and you know going into the game that as a rookie, you're gonna you're gonna be tested. I mean, every single time they do have really good weapons on, uh, you know, the Houston Texans. I mean, Brandon Cooks, and uh, I mean David Johnson looked decent, but I mean also you gotta look at Will Fuller. I mean, look, I think they have a good offense. I you know I was surprised when they traded DeAndre Hopkins. I I think David Johnson is going to have a decent year. I just don't know if that trade is going to prove worth it for them. I, I, I never thought that that trade was particularly even. I think that, as you said, I mean, you know, I was thinking about going with the Arizona game as well, Schmid. I mean, you're given six and a half, and Arizona has a good offense. I, San Francisco has one of the better defenses in the league. But, yeah, I mean, I like that one too. So, I mean, it, it was a good game um, in the beginning, and then you just saw that. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs on offense just took over the game, and they were just an unstoppable force. One thing that stood out to me was that David Johnson had three cat receptions. Um, he didn't score, but he had three receptions for Houston. I think that now he might be almost like a Shane Vereen kind of guy, where he can go out and catch too, and then he can uh, he can run too because they do have you know Deshaun Watson can run too. He had six rushes as well, just five less than uh, David Johnson, but. It, you might even like see him going out wide a couple times. Yeah, I think so. The number one things that I took away from from the whole game was essentially if this, if how the Houston Texans played yesterday against any other team, they probably would have given them a fight, True. and the game would have been close. But the re, the fact that they're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, who scored thirty one points unanswered on them after they scored seven points with their newest running back tells you that this team, the Kansas City Chiefs, is so stacked. Tyreek Hill essentially had an off day. He, he took oh, a yeah. day off, and he was chilling. And, and the entire team was still putting on a show. And this new running back that you get from LSU, who's known for pass catching, first of all. That's right, take, that's right. 
HP screens all the way down to the, the end zone every single play or every single game at least was taking handoffs like it was nothing. He was running past J.J. Watt and that, you know, I would say a hurt defensive line without Jadavion Clowney now, but it's it's still an NFL defense nonetheless. And he's just running right by them, going on for six to seven yards of carry, putting on 100-something yards on his first ever game. Um, I wouldn't put him in the category of rookie of the year yet. I haven't seen Joe Burrow play, who have very high, I wouldn't say expectations, but I think he's going to do very well. Uh, this is the right guy or the right quarterback that the NFL or the Bengals have at least been looking for for a long time now. Um, so I'm excited to see how he does. But as for last night, that game was, I would say, the perfect start to the NFL, you know, NFL COVID season that, that I'm calling in. And then we saw the Chiefs put on a show like they always do. And how, did you guys like the Andy Reid's, uh, you know, shield? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was like, I think it was almost made out of, Ronnie, you know this, that Bauer was doing, the hockey company was making shields for uh, the first responders and nurses and stuff. I think it, I don't know if it was Bauer, but it was, it looked like a Bauer one, like the face shield, a lot, like a lot of the, uh, the peep, the hockey trainers have been using. Yeah, you could be right, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, it was, uh, the memes online were hilarious. Obviously the, um, Oh, what's his name? Kermit the Frog meme. Yeah, yeah. Looking out the window. Him looking at the, the foggy window. That was pretty funny. Foggy window. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> I mean, it's just accurate too. And like, uh, the other funny thing was there was at the end of the game. I think it was at the end of the game. More, he went to talk to the the ref, and he literally had to take the thing up because he he just couldn't see where the ref was. I mean, it it, it was. It was comical. It's Andy Reid. Everybody loves Andy Reid, and um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the Chiefs put on a show. Um, the Houston Texans, I think, are still going to be a really good team. I, I think that division is going to be a little bit harder this year. Colts are going to get a little better, but it'll it'll be interesting to see how they do against the team that's not Kansas City. Because I mean, Kansas City, as you said, they're just stacked. I mean, it, it, it was impressive, and. Again, Patrick Mahomes is always going to put on a show no matter what, even if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was really one of the big storylines. Yeah, that's a that's a fair that's a fair assessment. I think that he's he he could be on his way up there, but I like what KO was saying about Burrow. Burrow is one of the quarterbacks they were looking for that the NFL and was looking for. He's like almost like a new generation of quarterbacks and KR, what did you see from Burrow if you caught any of the LSU games and the, the title run that they went on with Burrow? And how do you think he fits into the Bengals system? So the number one reason I like Joe Burrow is, um, one, because he's able to, he, he's that type of quarterback or at least NFL player who's able to be taught, right? Yeah. He picks up things, I would say, in a matter of a couple weeks, um, faster than you know we've seen rookies do normally um and he's a very uh, adaptable guy i think he so he for his college career at least he's gone from two being you know in a third string quarterback for ohio state and then going to lsu and working his way up to be the the number one quarterback and then throwing 60 touchdowns in his in his last year and that just shows you that he's able to adapt to the changes that the coaches were putting on him. He's able to grow, and I think that's the number one thing that teams look for. And as for the Bengals, you know, who have been kind of looking for a new guy after Andy Dalton, and I wouldn't say his disappointing career or his disappointing stint with the Bengals, but I would probably say they expected a lot more out of him, especially that he, 
since he had AJ Green on his side as well. But it's going to be very fun to watch a young team like the Bengals, who now have Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, and then uh, and developing defense on the other side as well with a new coach and new schemes. And it's going to be very fun to watch them play. And I think that's the right start he needed, right? He wasn't plugged into a scheme or a system. Everything else around him is also being built up. So this chance that he's getting to learn at the same time, grow as an NFL player, is going to be very fun to watch. And I think it's going to be rewarding not just for him, but also for the fans. Do you guys want to run down some of the games that are happening Sunday and talk about who we think is going to win? I think we could do like split it up between now and can we just talk? I think it'd be the first is uh, Seattle and Atlanta at one o'clock. Seattle favored by two and a half. Um, Who do you think is going to be in that one, Ronnie? Yeah, I mean, uh, going forward, I think Atlanta's an interesting team. They're always kind of one of those teams that you go into the season looking at. And, you know, they have weapons, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan's a very underrated quarterback. But, man, I think that the Seattle Seahawks, I think they're going to win their division. I think Russell Wilson is so steady. He's such a good quarterback. He has good weapons this year, just like in most years. But And their defense is solid. So I'm, I'm going to take the favorite Seattle Seahawks. I think that Atlanta is going to give them a fight. I think they're a better team than they were last year. But I'm going to take the, the Seahawks. What about you, K.R.? I'm going to go with the Falcons with the plus two and a half. Um, I think that offense now is going to be bolstered up with Todd Gurley on there. Um, And he's playing behind a pretty good offensive line, in my opinion. And if he does ever get tired, you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley on the outside for Matt Ryan to throw to. Uh, But again, Russell Wilson is unstoppable, in my opinion. He's probably one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the NFL next to probably Pat Mahomes and um, Lamar Jackson. But and then they also have Jamal Adams on the defense. But I think the Falcons can, you know, I would say stay close with this one. And they should be able to cover the spread of 2.5. Yeah, it'll be interesting, though, because Atlanta's not going to have their 71,000 fans at the at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's it's going to be different. They're not allowing fans, at least for the first couple of weeks. But I'm going to go with Ronnie on this one. I think Seattle, it's, it's going to be a close game regardless. It's a small line, but I think it'll be... Uh, I think it's going to be uh, Seattle in this one because you have Russell Wilson, a more mature team. But moving on, we this is a uh, next day is a little interesting. Uh, Cleveland at Baltimore. Baltimore favored by seven and a half. Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and of course Lamar Jackson and Baltimore. Baltimore playing having a very good, very well season uh, last year. Um, they were they they didn't have any preseason games. None of them, uh, none of the teams did, but. You got Lamar Jackson, you got J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, Rutgers, Rutgers guy Gus Edwards on that team too. Um, who do you think? Of, what do you think about this matchup? Um, I, you know the spread is saying uh, Baltimore at minus seven and a half. Um, I think that this is going to be closer than that. I, I think so too. I think that the I think the Browns can cover the spread. I think that their offensive line is better. Um, I like Baker Mayfield going into into this year. I think he's a he's a guy that's going to improve on kind of a down year last year. Um, obviously, you gotta love Lamar. You gotta love that entire offense for Baltimore, and also their defense is very good. But I don't know. I think it's gonna be a close game. I would still take Baltimore to win, but uh, I think Cleveland will cover the spread just because of that. Uh, you know, Baker kind of needs a good season. They increased the offensive line. They gave him some help. He's got a lot of weapons. Um, so I'll take Baltimore, but I think Cleveland 
covers the spread. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that, too. I think Baltimore wins, Cleveland covers the spread. It's a huge year for for Cleveland, especially Kevin uh, Stefanski, their new coach. They were 6-10 and 10 last year, and they had all those high hopes of going back to the playoffs. They still haven't been there after the, a long, long time, and they need to... They feel like they need to get back. And, of course, you know, Nick Chubb last year when they beat Baltimore, he had three touchdowns and he ran for 165 yards. And, you know, he's he plays well against the Baltimore defense. So I think Nick Chubb will get a one or maybe a pair of touchdowns. But I'm with you, Ronnie. I think it's going to be Baltimore winning all the way. What about you, Kaor? Yeah, I, I would like to keep you know, have the game be close. But I think Baltimore is actually going to cover the spread. Um, they look like a team that's, you know, ready to go out there and compete just like Kansas City. And um, unfortunately, the Browns are actually dealing with a bunch of injuries as well, which I think are going to kind of bite them back. I was really looking forward to um, watching Greedy Williams play for them. Um, but I, from it looks like, from the looks of it, he seems to be out for the first week. So it's going to be interesting to see how that secondary plays with, uh, you know, the elusive Lamar Jackson that we all saw last year. Is there a timetable on his return? I, I forgot that he was out. He's not playing. Um... I'm not entirely sure. I just saw, I know I, I read um, earlier today that he was listed out since he didn't practice with them today. Gotcha. Um, it was him and another cornerback as well with um, a couple of linemen that are out as well. Oh, so they're a little bit banged up. Yeah, for now. Next up, the Jets and the Bills. The Bills favored six and a half, one of the first local teams. Giants play Monday night against Pittsburgh, but Stefan Diggs is going to his first crack against in Buffalo in front of the Buffalo at, um, well, Fan, not fans, but in front of the Buffalo uh, home atmosphere in Orchard Park. Buffalo managed 20 or fewer points 11 times last season. They lost in the wild card to the Texans by three. That was that close game in this one. And uh, KR, I'll start with you. Um, you know a little bit about the Bills and where they've been, and especially with Josh Allen. Do you think this is the year for Josh Allen, for the Bills, to make their case to co- to capture a title in the AFC East? I definitely think so. This is probably the best chance the Bills have had. Um, they've proved all of us wrong for the last, I would say, two to three years, making it into the wild card somehow, one way or another, um, in a division with Tom Brady. So now that Tom Brady's gone, yes, Cam Newton and Bill Belichick are there, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to later, but this team looks incredibly stacked. Their defense, as we know from last year, is probably going to continue the same reign. But now they have Stephon Diggs, who seems to be one of the most underrated wide receivers this year. Um, and that's just another weapon for Josh Allen, who, again, is another underrated quarterback. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how this team does. Um, I would like Jets to win, but I don't see them you know, giving the Bills a, a tough chance, at least not in the first week. But hopefully Le'Veon and Sam Darnold can do something. But, hey, they lost their best defensive player. What can you expect? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Bills all the way. I mean, it's the Jets, you know, they still have Le'Veon Bell, but it's it's Sam Darnold hasn't been hasn't been the guy the past couple of seasons. He's, he's, been, uh, he's been a little bit uh, inconsistent. Um, they were the... Fourth team since 2010 to start five different players on the O-line in week one. They've been starting so many changes in the offensive line, and I think the Bills are going to win this one clean. Um, what about you, Ronnie? I know you're a little bit familiar with the Jets, too. Did we lose Ronnie? We might have. Uh, can you hear me? Oh, oh, it's all good. Uh, Ronnie, what do you think <laughs> of the Jets? Bills game. I know you're. You know the Jets pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Giants fan, but I'm I'm going to stick up a little bit for Chris Sakonis here. Um, I don't think the Jets will win. I think 
I'm really high on the Bills. I think their defense is incredible. I think um, their coach, uh, Sean, uh, why am I forgetting his name? Um, Sean McDermott uh, is one of the best defensive coaches in the league. Um, I think the Jets might cover the spread, though. It's six and a half. Why do you say that? Oh, six and a half. Okay. It's... You know, I think that the Bills are going to play kind of a low-scoring game. I like Josh Allen. I think he has, a, like, a really good arm. Um, I also, you know, I, I also really like their offensive line, uh, plus the fact that they added Stephon Diggs, they added Zach Moss in the draft. Um, but I think that it's going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, I think that Sam Darnold will keep it close, but I think that that Bills defense is just good enough that they're going to, they're going to get out of there with a the win. But I, I could see that the Jets cover the, the spread of six and a half. All right, that's that's pretty fair. Uh, we're going to go Vegas and Carolina. The Vegas Raiders playing in their first game as the Las Vegas Raiders. They're in Carolina, though, with the Cam Newton-less Panthers. They, they have Matt Rule now as their coach. He brought in Phil Snow, both from, uh, uh, from Baylor. Um, but they're, they got a new coordinator who helped LSU, Joe Brady, to the championship. John Gruden is still at the helm for the Raiders. I still don't know why he's there, but he's, he's still there since the hard knock days and before that. And, but Carolina with Christian McCaffrey, you know, he's a top, one of the most top running backs. Now he's asserted himself among the names of Saquon Barkley and the, um, the Saquon Barkleys of the, of the NFL. He's up there. Now, Vegas is favored, though, by minus three. Um, what do you think of that one, Ronnie? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with the spread here. I like Las Vegas. Um, again, I, I also am, you know, <laughs> kind of critical of John Gruden. Um, I like just, I kind of like the way they play, though. Um, I like that they like to run the ball, kind of an old-school mentality. I think their defense is going to be okay. Um, Derek Carr is kind of average, but I don't think he's going to lose you games. Um, I think Carolina is in a weird spot They're They're trying to rebuild. They have, uh, Teddy Bridgewater there. Of course they have Christian McCaffrey who they're going to run a lot with. Um, but I could see the, I think the, the Raiders are going to take this one. Um, it's, I think it's going to be a battle between maybe, um, Jacobs for the, the Raiders, the running back and McCaffrey. I think it's going to be a lot of running in the game. Um, and I think though that the Raiders, they're, their defense is just going to be able to stop him enough where they'll eke out the win. Yeah, I think that's going to be, that's the way to go. Uh, K.R., what do you think? I know, are you a big McCaffrey guy? I forget. I remember we talked about him once or twice. I mean, hey, I like him as a player. You know, he's, I like electric running backs who can kind of carry the team. I was a big fan of AP when he did that in Minnesota. So this is another sign, or I wouldn't say sign, but another instance of it. Um, and the fact that now he's paired up with a young quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, it's going to be interesting to see. He, they also have Robbie Anderson on the side. Um, but I think the Gruden method is finally going to kick in this year. I know you guys don't really uh, approve his methods, but from what I've seen, his his plans take a couple of years to develop. And now that he actually has you know the right pieces to the puzzle and um, people who he can kind of develop in his own nature, 